Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have another new guest to the show. Super excited for this conversation because I have been waiting for a while to pick his brain on all things health related. So welcome, Dr. Jeremy Ayers. How are you? Well, I'm good, Janet. A few technical issues to to get on today, but <clears throat> we've resolved and I'm very happy to be here. Winter, you know, very dark here. So, you know, forgive the lighting is not the best, but I'm very, very keen to speak with you. Well, I'm excited about this. So for listeners who don't know who you are, tell me about your journey in in medicine and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, well, <clears throat> firstly, how dare there be people out there that don't know who I am? That's exactly. Shame on them. <laughs> yeah, that's British humor in case you're already reaching to turn it off. But <laughs> no, I'm I'm over 30 years doing what I do, uh, and I'm extremely successful and internationally uh, recognized and more and more in the last two years <clears throat> um, at getting people well uh, in, from the most serious conditions, God willing. My own wife, when I met her 13 years ago, was terminally ill, for example. And my my story um, didn't start that way. My my story is quite interesting, I think. And I honestly, I don't know how how your listeners will interpret this, but I can only tell it how it is because I do think it has been guided from higher forces, divine mm -hmm. forces, right. possibly. Um, right. <clears throat> excuse me. Same but, as mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know how that'll be received, but I can only tell it how it is especially mm -hmm. 33 years on. But um, when I was 12, um, you know, I was a, a, a canoeist, a sprint canoeist, not a white water canoeist, heading for the um, Olympic training squad, which I got into, went to junior world championships, very fit. Uh, my family is a building family, a very educated building family, but a building family. And I was earmarked to be the carpenter. And my life was kind of set out already. And at 12 years old, my um, my brother's wife's mother um, <clears throat> got breast cancer and went on to die. And it was the first time, you know, cancer had come into the family life and um, how that affects a family and the mm -hmm. grief, anger and the distress and all, all those things. And of course, I'm 12 years old. I just accept, you know, what I heard, which is, you know, um, brother's right. wife's mother a very yeah. different story <laughs> yeah. went on to die but even at 12 and this is really where the journey began seeing the anger and the grief and the upset as a 12 year old boy i was like well you know we've got to fix this you know this, this is ridiculous we've, this is just wrong we, we've got to fix this there must be a way a course a doctor that's how i thought very innocently and then right. i sort of alone so I got into uh, my Olympic year at 21, 22, and um, the universe had different ideas. I thought I was going to go to the Olympic Games that year. I'd been training since I was eight years old, but the universe had completely different ideas for me. <clears throat> and if I'd know what I know now, I would have yielded. Mm -hmm. But I, <clears throat> excuse me, I hurt my back very badly training. And before I knew it, I was sort of kicked out of the boat that I was training in. And I, I was just sort of devastated and left canoeing. <clears throat> and it's but hurting is my by hurting my back. 
that's what took me to see an osteopath. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what an osteopath or a chiropractor, which are basically very similar, was mm -hmm. at that time. I did know I didn't like doctors. And, and this has always been the case. I can't go in churches. Oh, I tried to read uh, uh, the Bible, <clears throat> but, but it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't let me. Churches repelled me. And that's not to say I'm against religion and faith, quite the opposite. But, but I now, now know a lot more why I felt like I did in churches. But doctors are just mm -hmm. held. So I went to see his osteopath, this very portly chap in a white coat, looked more like a traditional British butcher than a, than a doctor. And <clears throat> he had a sort of conveyor belt clinic with lots of other osteopaths and students and no, no, no rooms. It was all couches and curtains. And so before I knew it, I'm down to my boxer shorts and he hands me over to this Eastern European woman. I say woman, she had bigger muscles, uh, more facial stubble <laughs> and more and more hair on her legs than me and was very intimidating. And <clears throat> because we're, <clears throat> she started massaging me and it was it was excruciatingly painful. Uh, you know, we're we're English, so we don't complain. We, we write a very well put together letter the next day. So I'm there practically in tears. Uh, with this, um, well, we call her female, um, just literally just brutalizing me, and I couldn't wait for it to finish. And then Ron Johnson came in without any explanation, put me in what I thought was some pseudo-sexual S&M position, because no one had explained anything to me about what was going to happen. And before I know it, I hear this massive crack, <laughs> and the pain has significantly reduced. And it, it was like a, a veil <clears throat> was mm -hmm. lifted from my eyes and I was like, I have to do this, you know, and that was it. And I spent um, a year um, struggling with that, not sleeping, a bit like falling in love for the first time. I was going through a total inner war of what are you thinking? You can't do this, you're a builder, your, your life is set, family business, and literally a year, <clears throat> um, terrible. And in the end I yielded, I said, you know, I've, I've got to do something about this. And I didn't have the correct education, but I wrote to the British School of Osteopathy, which was the top uh, school or college in England. And uh, they gave me an interview. Now, looking back, I think they just asked for the money, to be honest. But at the time, <laughs> I thought, well, I've got an in <laughs> at the time, I thought I've got an interview. I'm going to go for this. And I, I went down there feeling a complete fraud um feeling terrified and i was sitting in the waiting room <clears throat> waiting for my interview and there was this very intelligent looking chap sitting opposite me and he asked me what i thought of the royal review report or whatever it was it happened to be that they were reviewing the um individual registers of osteopathy and they wanted to put them into one national register but i said i was clever enough to say well what do you think about it and he told me in great detail. And so I actually went into the interview before him. And uh, the first question they asked me was, what do you think of the royal interview? So I, uh, you know, report. So I just sort of bleated out everything that this chap just said to me, uh, winged it. And they asked me a few other questions. And before I knew it, I had a place at the British School of Osteopathy. <laughs> and so I, I sort of, you know, levered myself into that feeling ever more fraudulent. And after a year there, other than the anatomy teachers who were pathologists, who were brilliant, they were, they were just absolutely brilliant. 
I was bored out of my mind. It was not <clears throat> what I was expecting. And I mm -hmm. was um, very concerned of how am I going to tell everyone after leaving the family business and la, la, la. And I was sitting next to this chap from up north. Now, you know, America's probably similar, but, you know, south and north are quite different folk. Mm -hmm. And north and south are <laughs> <Very>. legendary, you know, <laughs> sort of, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm sitting next to this northerner. And uh, for some reason, I've always liked him since he joined the course. He was the opposite of me. He was a, a bit of a bigot, a bit of a racist, a bit of a womanizer. You know, he was just everything that would normally repel me. And it, there was something about him that I liked. and I couldn't put my finger on it. And he turned to me one day and he said in his northern accent, this is shite, isn't it? Uh, which is northern for crap, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked. <clears throat> I was deeply, deeply shocked because, of course, I just, in my head, I'm a fraud and I, I'm not clever enough and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, well, his father was a, a nationally well-known osteopath and the man who uh, taught him, Harry Hawes, had started up a course up north. Do I want to go with him? So I kind of said, yes. And then mm -hmm. before I knew it, I'm in a car with a northerner who's a little bit scary going up north where I'd never been. I mean, <laughs> if you're from the south in England, you take your passport 50 miles outside of London, right? <clears throat> so here I am going on this adventure and we end up at, uh, do you, do you, you, probably, you look too young, but do you remember the Harrow, um, the, the uh, Hammer House of Horror movies? It was probably very English, but it's sort of 40, 50 year ago horror movies and they were always on misty moors and old buildings right. yes and very yes very archaic. and i'm i'm older than what you think i am too <laughs> okay well you, you you do whatever you're doing keep it up but um you know uh we pulled up at usher moor college which is on mm -hmm. a moor with mist and fog around it and mm -hmm. it's a it was a catholic priest training college that they hired the rooms out now i didn't know what i know now about the Catholic Church, but it certainly uh -huh. was uh, creepy and eerie and cold and damp compared to where I've come from, the best right. college in England. And everything was new and warm and fluffy and, <clears throat> you know, scientific. And walked in and I went to the first lecture and the, you know, the equipment's ripped and secondhand. And, you know, it's, it, but I met Harry, who was 76 years old when I met him, Harry Hawes. And I just knew I was in the presence of a genius. He would never accept terms like this or healer, but he was. He was, he was a humble, brilliant, brilliant man. And I just knew I was in the right place. And I was fortunate that he saw, <clears throat> as did his beautiful wife, Doreen, who was 80, they saw in me, which I've now proven you know, to have, but, but, but he came up to me one day and he said, you've got it. And I kind of felt I did this gift, this whatever you want to call it, this talent. Mm -hmm. But I certainly wasn't arrogant enough to sort of, you know, strut around saying, do you know who I am? I've got it. But <laughs> Harry saw it. <clears throat> Harry saw it in me and he took me under his wing and he was my first mentor. And he, he taught me, you know, a lot. But he taught me even back then when there was no Internet, of course, that the uh, charities, the you know, MS charity, the arthritis charities, you name it, <clears throat> excuse me, had no interest in finding cures or healing right. people. Right, exactly. Uh, because he tried over his lifetime to show them 
what he could do for these people and they would they would literally escort him to the door and so mm-hmm. you know he also showed me that this trying to take there was like six or seven different registers in england for osteopaths at that time and this royal commission whatever it was wanted to create one big register which they've now done and he showed me that this has got nothing to do with advancing osteopathy and everything to do with making money for people who aren't very good osteopaths right and putting osteopaths in a box and slowly but surely making that box smaller i.e mm-hmm. clipping your wings right in your ability to actually do what the you know the, the original forefathers of osteopathy thought because it was a complete medicine now you know right. absolutely 30, yeah it come 30 33 years forward and we see this in the chiropractors the homeopaths the naturopaths you know they're they're a shadow um in in most cases of what they set out to be or what was set out several hundred years ago certainly before the flexnor report um mm-hmm. which if you don't know what that is oh i definitely where, do <laughs> right okay well yeah it, it's where the ross childs uh, sorry the rockefellers via the carnegie foundation a bit like an ngo kind of nonsense that's going on nowadays <clears throat> um did a report which is a joke and destroyed natural medicine, you know, by creating right. rules and regulations which they wouldn't be able to reach without borrowing money from Carnegie, i.e. Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And by borrowing money, you had to have a member of his board on, and that's equivalent to a rotten apple in a barrel, and that's how they destroyed. It's brilliant, right. really. Uh, sick, but it's brilliant. They destroyed natural medicine uh, and became, quote-unquote, the medicine uh, of allopathic medicine became the medicine which isn't medicine we'll get to that later mm-hmm. uh, of the world right so it, i'll just jump back and complete the story of, uh, as long as your listeners haven't fallen asleep by now <clears throat> but when i came out of graduating <laughs> with um harry and he had such an a, an english sense of humor he wrote to me after the exams and you know you're waiting for the letter to see whether you've passed and you're terrified mm-hmm. and you know, so the first line was, I regret to inform you, you've passed. And that was so typical of his humor. Um, you know, <laughs> but anyway, I like that kind to, of humor. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was honestly a beautiful soul. And he's with me today, you know, honestly, in spirit, I, he's around me frequently. But by the time I came out um, as a, well, qualified osteopath, but You'll know this. Uh, you, you don't really become a professional until you've done four or five years in the job, mm-hmm. and you, you learn on the job, right? Definitely. <clears throat> but when I came out of That's that, it, that event that happened to me when I was twelve years old with the breast cancer just it just came back into my consciousness, and the it wasn't arrogance; it was still good naivety, but it was we have to heal cancer. You know, mm-hmm. I'm curing pain now and what have you, or healing pain. <clears throat> we have to heal cancer or anything like it. So um, I'm going to clear my throat one more time. You were getting so, a download, whether you whether you know it or not, you were getting like a, a message from God that that's what path that you were supposed to be taking. Well, you know what, um, Janet, I didn't want to speak as 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 you did just then because I don't know your audience and I don't want to put them mm-hmm. off and have labels attached to me before they, they know because I do it all the time 
<laughs> right, but it most definitely, most definitely, and I accept it now, uh, and you have mm -hmm. to yield to it at some point and recognize that you really are here to serve and that right. the gifts I have are, are only gifts if you're giving them, you know, right. and and you mm -hmm. have to yield to that. And And I've tried to get out of what I do twice because it's nearly killed me from exhaustion. And right. you just can't. I went off and did other things and... Before you know it, someone's unwell and you go, well, let me talk to you. And before I know it, I'm back in the clinic. <clears throat> so I just gave up and, and yielded. But I came out and uh, it was at the Osteopathic Awards ceremony, the weekend event. I had a fabulous weekend. I got stupidly drunk and uh, uh, not that I do that kind of thing now, but I got stupidly drunk and there was at least two or three women interested in me. And I just thought I was just, you know, the world was opening up to me. And um, uh, I got uh, quite hungover. And the next morning, this woman was going to talk for two hours on water as part of a lecture. And I, and I thought to myself the day before, while I was getting drunk at the time, how can anyone speak on water for two hours? I wasn't too bothered, mm -hmm. right? So <clears throat> I woke up late and went downstairs 15 minutes late for this lecture. And it was double doors, like it is in most hotels. And I swung them open, and it was like a bad scene in a spaghetti western, where I'd come through these double doors, and everybody stopped and looked. It's like the piano stopped, you know, the scene, and you know, the piano stopped. Barbara Wren, who was the lecturer, stopped and looked at me, and I looked like crap, you know, obviously. And the the audience looked at me, and I skulked away to a, a chair and sat down. And Barbara Wren, you know, collected her thoughts and began speaking again and within 15 minutes of listening to her my jaw was on the floor you know mm -hmm. i'd never heard anybody describe this e which of course you will know and your listeners will probably know is mm -hmm. the correct form of the word it's two two words this not at ease <clears throat> she was describing dis ease like no one had ever uh, tried to talk to me and and I was just absolutely absorbed by every single word she had to say and at the end of it um, I was a little bit more arrogant at this point I, I walked up to her expecting her to be utterly impressed with me after all I've I've just passed as an osteopath and <laughs> you're you know, patting yourself on I the said, back on the way <laughs> exactly right <clears throat> and and I and I was up for a award which I didn't get and I was pleased about that because someone better than me got it but I, I was, you know, you know, quite full of myself. And I said, you have to teach me this as if she was going to lay her open arms open and grab me and so come with me. Uh, and she said, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said, go away and drink, you know, four pints of water a day for, for eight weeks or 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Here's my telephone number and call me. So I did. <clears throat> and I couldn't believe the difference. Uh, mm -hmm. in how I felt. Uh, I, I was very, very low energy at that point in my life, having been an international athlete, all kinds of different problems. And just by drinking um, four pints of water, I should say, four pints of water a day, two liters, uh, I started to feel completely different. And to right. cut a very long story short, I went and got on her course. But for me, it was like remembering I wasn't learning. It was literally remembering. It was quite mm -hmm. bizarre. And I didn't even complete the course. That's another download. Correct. I didn't uh -huh. even complete the course because she asked me to start lecturing. And I lectured on anatomy, physiology, and tying in Barbara's work into that. 
Right. And then when I completed that, <clears throat> I pretty much dedicated myself to research for the rest of my life. And so 30, 33 years on, um, I have managed to discover, I think, uh, what causes people to be unwell up to the serious mm -hmm. nature and, and the remedies. And what it does is as you gain this knowledge, much of it written over 100 years ago, to be frank, is isolate you more and more and more and more. Um, so it's a very lonely path up until recently, where we can talk about it later, where just wonderful things are happening as right. the system starts to come to us and mm -hmm. ask us, you know, to, to, to help them. So that's that's my quick story, abbreviated story. You know, and I, and I love that, though, especially, you know, when you were talking about how uh, osteopathy changed, you know, and, and got smaller and, and what you could and could not do. I worked for an osteopath for quite a while, and I was like, oh, this is definitely not where I'm supposed to be because it was all centered around giving Botox. And uh, doing Botox <clears throat> on stuff. And I'm like, this is not, this is not what I signed up for. This is not why I'm right. here. And so I understand like the confines of, you know, how it started and, and what it is. And of course, even if you Google like uh, naturopathic medicine or whatever, it always says like pseudoscience. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. it's and, 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 you know what and that's it a very is important actual thing. science yeah <laughs> well that, it's a very important thing that you raise because um have you talked with graham atkinson the red pill pharmacist mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep yeah okay so uh, graham came to me a few years ago very unwell and very broken as he went through a vicious awakening during mm -hmm. convid yeah, right. um and he is a proper data scientist pharmacist mm -hmm. right and he believed at the time and he, he's been up to government level advisory mm -hmm. so he's not you know some corner shop pharmacist <clears throat> and he was in a very large practice and he believed this was the uh the 100 year pandemic you know that apparently a, a big pandemic comes every 100 years so he believed this was it that many people were going to die and he fully believed it and he was involved in setting up to his um uh, uh, sh shame at the time, but he's certainly uh, uh, um, remedied all of that. But he didn't know better at the time. But setting up a vaccination station, right. and uh, but it was just after setting that up that he started to see that the data and what the television was saying didn't match. <laughs> and so he dug in. He's a data man, so he dug in, dug in, and you know, to his shock and horror, it was you know blatantly obvious that we were not in a pandemic right uh, and this is at that early stage he's gone much further than that now and he went to his colleagues fully expecting them to go well that's interesting let's have a look at the data and of course this is a a, a very uh, um probably happened to many many professionals around the world but they they turned mm -hmm. on him with with vicious claws mm -hmm. and before he knew it he was sacked and ejected and you know, in a very dark place, and you know, <clears throat> and he started to uh, look, and he found us, and he then found me, and we've done some wonderful work. But why I introduced that is because we've got someone as brilliant, um, both as a man and as a, a spiritual 
being and mm-hmm. a pharmacist who's who's really an alchemist if you ask me but but at least a trained <clears throat> pharmacist we now know and it's other people we've worked with that the evidence-based medicine that is shoved down our throats as mm-hmm. you know show me the study is a load of nonsense by right. and, large. and it's, it's and it's all funded by pharmaceutical companies like yes, all or, of or the big, studies that they put out academia or, mm-hmm. or governments or all three colluding but there is right. almost the scientists we've spoke to and of course they exist date approximately 95 percent plus of science isn't science it's corporate Correct. scientism it's mm-hmm. what do you want us to prove what do you right. want us to show and it's helped us tremendously to fight the good fight because we can rip apart um Things like the lipid hypothesis by mm-hmm. Ansel Keys, which is, you know, I think 100 years, I can't remember. But Ansel Keys went out and cherry picked information around the world to put forward the hypothesis that <clears throat> saturated fat and cholesterol cause heart disease. Right. But he cherry picked the data. If, if he put in all the data, there was no correlation at all. And mm-hmm. from that, that is where the fat, saturated fat and cholesterol myth causes heart disease, cardiovascular disease came from. He then went off and lived 95% of his life as a carnivore um, and lived up to uh, 98 years old, I think it was, in the Mediterranean. So he didn't Mm -hmm. follow his own findings, of course. So the point that I want your listeners to know is when they sort of, you know, put these slurs and call us alternative medicine, allopathic medicine um, is not evidence-based far as we can tell and more and more scientists and good people are seeing that number Mm -hmm. two they're the youngest medicine on the planet therefore if anything's alternative it's it's them it's them Uh, and and three and this should be number one until you're practicing as people before profit you're not in medicine you're in business right absolutely and it's you know I hate to say this, but you had mentioned, you know, church earlier and and how you always felt like ejected at church and and stuff like that. Pharmaceutical sales, medical stuff, it it is a same. It is akin to the church business. Because and I call churches churchiosity. God, you must have loved talking to John Gusty. <clears throat> in the business of you know profit and numbers and yep. and whatever they're not in in it for the right reason and that's the same right. with the medical profession that's why i got out i retired as a nurse i retired as a medical instructor and i'm like getting like the downloads okay this is what you're supposed to do and so my path has been herbals and making my own, you know, supplements or specialty like teas and and things like that to help people with different stuff, and and I love doing it. And it, people are like, "Where do you learn it from?" And I'm like, "God tells me what to do, what herbs to get, what things to get, and and that's how it happened." And I love doing it. So oh, it's, it's beautiful, <clears throat> you know. But for for references to your audience, who we're probably preaching to the choir, but you never know, do you, who's listening? 
you, you can <laughs> my you can CIA agent, Bob. <laughs> oh well, oh God, we 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 accept that that you know they've been listening for many many years, and you know what? Right. I think they are starting to listen because they're human beings too, for the for the mm -hmm. better part. <clears throat> but um, you know, the acid tests that human beings, whether you be American, Canadian, African, Indian, whatever country you're in, I do it all the time with mm -hmm. people, is literally asking because a lot of people are like, oh God, no, my doctor's nice, or I don't think it really is that way, and blah blah. Okay, so ask yourself this question: wherever you are in the world right now. In the last 50 years, let's just take America because it's probably your audience. But in the last mm -hmm. 50 years, are Americans healthier or sicker? Sicker. Absolutely sicker. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the answer, right? It is it is mm -hmm. stupidly sick. And this is pre-COVID, right? right? Because now post-COVID and post the jib jabs, uh, we, we haven't seen this level of death uh, since World War II. In the age mm -hmm. groups from naught to fifty, it's it's absolutely off the charts. But um, when you when you look at that, and you recognise that we're getting sicker, and the uh, pharmaceutical industry—I just dropped the P, call them what mm -hmm. they are—the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> of medicine per se <clears throat> um, is the perfect. biggest business on the planet. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. it's it's true, right? They're the biggest business on the planet by miles. Right, and you then sort of got to get to well, okay. If that's true, and that's quite interesting, what you just said, Doctor Jeremy, you know, um, how do they get new clients? Mm -hmm. You know, and what kind of clients do they need? Well, obviously, they need sick ones. Right. Well, how do you make people sick? It's really simple. You educate mm -hmm. them stupid. Mm -hmm. And your grandparents, great grandparents, weren't stupid. No, you know, they, and, 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 and when you, I was going to say, <clears throat> and that's why. They had such a longer lifespan. My grandparents were in their hundreds when they died, yep. you know, and you don't see those kind of things nowadays, but it was like, you know, you have whatever ailment grandma always had a remedy for it. She always had yep. something that she could tell you to do that always worked. And nowadays it's like you get a sniffle and people immediately run to the doctor. And I'm like, why? I know it's shocking. Your body's trying well, to get rid of stuff because we're amazing healing centers all on our own if we do the right things. Absolutely. And and you know, our ancestors for me, <clears throat> there's a very important point here. One of the major changes in the deterioration of health in the West was around about the 60s when they stopped using animal fats mm -hmm. and replaced them with heart-healthy vegetable oils. Not that right. a vegetable oil exists. a seed right. oil. It's a right. marketing term. Because right. McDonald's used to cook in beef tallow or, or commonly called dripping, and mm -hmm. uh, KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken kicked it, cooked in uh, lard or pig fat. And right. if you look at old film, you won't see... You know, very rarely would you see a fat American and and cancer and diabetes and that sort of thing were almost unheard of. Mm -hmm. And then they changed to heart healthy vegetable oil oils. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and honestly, you know, people are so stupid because we've been made that way. The McDonald's trucks over here, and I'm sure they are the same there, actually have we recycle our vegetable oil into biodiesel. Mm -hmm. on down the sides of their trucks i don't know if they have it and there's little cartoons now yes. you know we know seed oils 
not vegetables, they don't exist. Seed oils were invented to oil lamps, oil machines, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so right. when, when McDonald's is recycling their vegetable oil into biodiesel, there's a big clue there. It's not, mm -hmm. never, ever meant to be ingested. There's a very serious thing here um, because these things were nefarious. Uh, if you wanted to um, corrupt people into being uh, so stupid that they, and I mean that with respect in many ways, but if you wanted to corrupt people uh, two, three generations down the line so that everything that used to be normal and natural is abnormal and unnatural, which is about right. where we are now. You know, we have people right. don't even know what sex they are currently. <laughs> but if you wanted to do that, you, you, you would want to make sure the elders lose their uh, thinking and memory capacity, i.e. Mm -hmm. their brains to deteriorate. And I use the word elders because that's what they used to be called. They are the right. ones carrying the knowledge, the traditions, this works, this doesn't, pass on to the next generation. Now, they're not mm -hmm. called that now. They're OAPs or uh, senior citizens or whatever the <clears throat> current right. legal terminology is. And I think if you ask anyone out there, what's your worst fear of getting older? Mostly it's not dying. It's losing their capacity to think or talk or, or, or look mm -hmm. after themselves and that sort of thing. Now, right. this, this brain deterioration um, that has now become normal or, or, or expected in the old people started when they went on to low-fat diets, they dropped the animal fat, fats, they mm -hmm. dropped the cholesterol, and then they put them on the statin drugs. Right. Statin drugs, for me, are one of the worst. Most, most dangerous drugs. <laughs> yeah, it, one of the worst assaults on mankind Mm -hmm. uh, in human history, we, we joke that uh, there's something called the statin shuffle and we want to burst into, hey, 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 <laughs> do the statin shuffle. You know, maybe we'll do a video with John one day. But you see these people that they're kind of, you know, dithering and doddering along. Mm -hmm. You just know they're on statins. When right. you go on statins, you can say goodbye to your brain. You can mm -hmm. say goodbye to your sex hormones. Right. You know, and you can say goodbye to, to, to your health. And right. to your liver, <laughs> yep. your muscles. Yeah, that's right. And so it's very <laughs> advantageous because, you know, once that generation's capacity to share their knowledge dwindles, you are open to being manipulated, which is what we've got with the youth today, where it's right. swipe right, instant gratification, blue right. light, you know, uh, 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 AI and digital uh, stimulation. And, mm -hmm. and we have to correct that. Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I have had many conversations with um, people in the medical community recently about where do you see, like, especially for nursing, like, where do you see the future of nursing going? And it's all centered around AI and what AI brings to the table. And for me, like in my career, you know, I grew up doing paper charting and and whatever. And then, of course, they mandated that we go to electronic record systems because they're safe and effective, right? And nobody can get in them that shouldn't be in them. And when they did that, there was a total shift from patient care focus to computer focus. And it's like the rooms are set up and the computer is facing one way and the patient sitting behind you. 
and you can't watch their facial expression and you can't pay attention to, you know, visual cues because you're busy typing on a computer. And so right. patient care went in the toilet. So the more advancements that we get in technology, the worse patient care gets. Right. And AI stands for artificial idiots. Mm-hmm. And I mean that because, <laughs> Truth. because mm-hmm. as you as you move into the AI world, mm-hmm. the AI consumes everything that's ever been written. And mm-hmm. eventually it's just will end up producing nonsense <clears throat> because right. there's no advancement. All the advancement has come from human beings and all those human beings, it's come from considered thought and frequently gut feelings, mm-hmm. which which a computer never can have. Right. And as you well know, the the they always whenever they try and sell us something and it was working perfectly well before, it always looks fluffy and marketable and sensible and all the good that's your first red flag really it's the shiny new thing yes yes this is to help patients and blah blah save Mm -hmm. money and all that it's always the same thing but it's um the data collection as you well know and certainly graham Mm -hmm. Maxson does is they're trying Mm -hmm. to corporatize medicine right absolutely maximize profits exactly um, and they've got zero interest in health Yeah, and that's a thing because when they did move away from, you know, the old school paper charting system into the electronic record system, it was like, okay, well, now this is going to be more efficient. So instead of you guys seeing 40 patients a day, um, you're going to double that and then you're going to triple that. And you literally have, you know, five minutes to spend with a patient. And then the doctor has five minutes to spend with the patient. How in the hell can you get a proper history on a patient in five minutes? You can't. And 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 it's not built into the programming of these systems to ask about dietary and right. you know things like that it it's specifically what meds are you on right. that's it this, this raises a really really i mean it's excellent what you just said but it raises you know probably the core um question or point and that is you know the philosophy you're operating from so mm-hmm. allopathic medicine uh whether where if even if you're a doctor trying to do good things listening allopathic you you'll know how much your wings being clipped you once you mm-hmm. put a diagnosis into the system and <clears throat> do you know what diagnosis literally means janet it's a label well it's a label but what it literally means <clears throat> is die equals two ag mm-hmm. is not and gnosis means to know so a mm-hmm. diagnosis literally means two people not knowing what the hell's going on <laughs> right which is very advantageous it literally means that but, which but, along with our doctors over here being called practitioners yes yes well they certainly need more practice but anyway (laughs) yeah but but the way it's structured as you know is once they've labeled you with a diagnosis it's basically the computer tells you what to do Mm -hmm. um you are you are limited by what has been agreed and this is all linked to the insurance companies and Mm -hmm. liability and evidence-based medicine which is Mm -hmm. not there of course and so the the doctor's becoming more administrative mm-hmm. than skilled or gut. And in the old days, 
you knew the family, you knew the circumstances, you know, is Jed drinking again? Is that why you got, you know, he, he knew the family, he knew the situation. Right. But the, the philosophy of allopathic medicine, of course, is, is separatism. It separates the head from the liver and the blood from the nerve. You know, there's all mm -hmm. specializations. Right. And it's also profit driven. Whereas, whereas holistic medicine truly is what's causing, and it is a plethora of things usually, right. what do we need to subtract? You know, for example, if, if, you're, if you're drinking fluoridated water, right, mm -hmm. let's get that out of your straight away and, and most of your problems will start going away. But it's a subtraction method right. and then putting things back in that, that actually uh, nurture, strengthen, nourish, that sort of thing. And right. knowing that the body is self-healing. Now, when you practice proper holistic medicine, and there's a lot of good people out there, but they're more practicing allopathic natural medicine, treating mm -hmm. the symptoms, that sort of thing. But when you practice proper holistic medicine, not only do people get well, usually, but your job becomes easier by stopping people getting sick in the first place. Right. Now, if Absolutely. we go at that end of the equation, within a generation, uh, as Graham Maxson knows, we, we, could, we could stop most of the dis-ease currently being enjoyed by mankind. 80% easy, which 100%. means all that money could be re Doctors could still be paid really stupidly well. Nurses could do as well. But they would have less time with less people, and they could give more quality of time, and their whole job should be, how did you get sick? And it would probably be trauma. Or, or things beyond their control right because it, once you set that philosophy free and you embrace it right and your incentives is is not is people before profit it has mm -hmm. to work well and then mm -hmm. parliament or or, or or politics and politics polo polo is plural ticks is parasites so politics is many parasites but real, real politicians, <laughs> which pretty right? much explains our whole government. <laughs> well, it, it, well, every government, you know, mm -hmm. my, my mother taught me and she wasn't, you know, the brightest of women academically, but she taught me, how do you know when a politician is lying? Their mouths move. So, <clears throat> you know, I mean, with a few exceptions, perhaps in recent history, but nonetheless, um, what we should be doing is standing up in the Senate and standing up in Parliament saying how mm -hmm. fewer people we treated this year. And right. a standing ovation. But each year it's more, we've treated more, more, more. And you see, it's all round the wrong way. And you see, evil, to bring in such a word into a conversation, mm -hmm. is literally the word live backwards. Right. And those people commonly known as they or them, they have mm -hmm. a very small number of people in this world, about 2,000 we understand, have gotten control of education, media, you right. know, all, all the input, government, Religion. you know all of it, religion, mm -hmm. and they flipped natural and the way to live properly upside down, right. which makes sick human beings. It's so easy to remedy this, literally. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to still have a wonderful income as a doctor, nurse, or what have you. And that is what we believe we're right on the verge, consciously at least, just to, to be creating. Mm -hmm. And I... I so think that our medical system is so flawed because of the lack of supporting documentation confirmation whatever you want to say for viruses bacteria 
yeah. you know, uh, safety and efficacy studies for everything yeah. that's supposed to be safe and effective, you know, and what a joke. Yeah. And people's like taking somebody's history is never about, you know, their diet, their lifestyle, their mental state, their it's spiritual state, nothing. It's nothing to do with any of that. It's all about, you know, like I said before, the medications that they're on, how many surgeries you've undergone and making sure that each and every visit you put a label on that person so that they're always labeled something so that in their mind, they think that they always need to go back through the healthcare system as a lifelong patient because and, the doctor also, said, I have <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Right. And, and in fairness to the good doctors and nurses, and, and I want to be clear, I know there's good people in medicine trying to do good work, many of them believing they're doing good work. You know, it's, it's not full of psychopaths and, uh, and evildoers, although they have their fair share. I was going to say, hmm, I've worked <clears> for <throat> a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, they have their fair share for sure. God, God complex and and uh, money chasers, but mm -hmm. the vast majority went into it to to help people. But <clears throat> the the problem is that uh, by the time they get in it, they start to see that they can't practice the way they wanted to because they'll lose their license or be disciplined. Mm -hmm. And the way the system has been structured, particularly in America, with the Sioux culture, they're terrified right. of if you don't give that test. Um, you're going to be sued, uh, and frequently they'll try. I, I spoke to a nurse right. recently, and uh, she wasn't involved in this case, but one of the doctors, or sorry, one of the nurses, no, I think they were going off to the hospital, and the evidence they placed to try and sue the hospital, this was their main evidence, was the nurse was 15 minutes late to take one of the observation recordings during the night. So it was like 2.15 instead of 2. That mm -hmm. was all they needed to try and sue the hospital. Well, obviously, that's got to change. This is, this is nonsense. Right. Um, but what we believe is happening is um, twofold. Uh, medicine globally is imploding on itself. Mm -hmm. Now, if we put trauma medicine to one side, where arguably a good trauma team is exactly what you want if you're bleeding or shot or broken, mm -hmm. even though we could discuss all day aborigines play the didgeridoo at a certain uh, hurts and it heals a bone in four hours and there's technology that the tribal people i've worked with the tribal people there's technology mm -hmm. that the tribal people will not share with the white man right because they abuse it but nonetheless right. a, a good trauma team is probably what we want to keep mm -hmm. with medicine and pretty much everything else needs to go or they need to hand back to uh, us which i consider us as, as true doctors but the, the medicine is imploding. Right. It's imploding financially. It's imploding in its ability to keep up with how much sickness they've created. And from a confidence level, the people around the world are, you know, talking. They've been talking for decades now on the Internet, at least one decade. Right. And COVID did a fantastic thing. I call it the virus that kept giving, not that there was ever a virus. But if, exactly. you, if you use a, a visual... Because they don't exist. Yes, they don't exist, <laughs> other than the computer mm -hmm. model. But if you look at... The, I don't know if you're, people will be able to see this, your listeners, but if, if 
my left hand, which is right for you, where you're looking, my left hand is, let's say, the, 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 the asleep people that are commonly called the sheep or not those that don't know what's going on. And mm -hmm. these are the people that have woken up. No. When COVID happened, this happened. Right. Never before in history did so many people go, something's wrong here, cross right. over. And so that number went down. This number went up. Then we had the jib jab and many, many, many people have died. So that number mm -hmm. comes down. These people even more go, thank God I didn't do that. And so if you look at it as moving, we right. are in a absolute, if it was a business model, you'd see that the trend was shifting to this side. And you try, mm -hmm. the entrepreneurs try and jump on to this side because it's doing that. That's where we're at. And that's what, what we're seeing right now, Graham Matkinson, my dear friend, the Red Pill Pharmacist, and many more, is the system professionals are coming to us. Mm -hmm. They're wanting to talk to us. They're seeing it. And behind them, they tell us there's hundreds more that aren't prepared to stand up yet because they've got to pay the mortgage or right. their rent. But um, the shift has happened. And there's nothing that can stop it. Nothing. Well, and the thing that always bothers me is, you know, going into practice medicine, you take an oath where you're not supposed to harm your patient. You're supposed to be an advocate for your patient, the whole nine yards. And I don't know how people still continue to operate knowing that they've done something wrong and still be able to sleep at night. Yeah. That's a problem for me because, you know, I have always been one that that definitely bucked the system. And I was like, you know what? Massage will help. Trigger point therapy massage will help. This will help. That will help. And, you know, the doctors would be like, those aren't really things that we need to be, you know, talking about here that we need to focus on, you know, X, Y, and Z meds. And, and, you yeah. know, that's why we need to focus on that. Cause that's going to make them better. You know, and I was always like sneaking in the room going, Hey, you know what you should do? You should try. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best idea for me, but I was always more concerned about my patients than I was concerned about right. getting a write up or whatever of course uh, well but because we're there are no such thing as doctors or nurses or pharmacists in reality there's just human beings mm -hmm. perceived knowledge and, and, and education mm -hmm. <clears throat> but i don't want to necessarily let them off the hook right because people like graham atkinson have have been through his own hell and atonement right to get to the other side and he does most brilliant work and he's most certainly atoned for any mistakes oh, he made yeah. before he knew what mm -hmm. he was doing and so i want to cut them a little slack but they haven't got much more time for this slack to run out mm -hmm. and that is we in the last two three years have experienced uh military grade uh, psychological warfare right uh, and basically that is repetition Mm -hmm. repetition of a message a narrative unrelenting and for any dissenter not that that should be the right word but anyone to question against that mm -hmm. was brutally stamped out cancelled sacked removed mm -hmm. from youtube removed from facebook whatever it was license so, removed yes and th mm -hmm. so that sent a very definite 
message through to the people in medicine of don't step out of line. <clears throat> now, we believe most of them knew something wasn't right, even if they didn't know it was wrong, mm -hmm. fairly early on because the numbers weren't there like they were saying on the television. Right. That's why we had nurses doing TikTok dance routines. They were right. bored out of their brains. I've had doctors talk to me that they sat there twiddling their thumbs in COVID mm -hmm. <clears throat> emergency stations and no one turned up all day. Right. You know, we had less death during COVID than the previous five years. Correct. Until they started, you know, pinpricking right. people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to give them a little slack. And also prior to that, We've all been in the Western world, uh, which has been infiltrated, whether you accept it or not. And we were educated stupid. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were educated that the media tells the truth and that governments are benevolent. Uh, um, and, and they would not. never hurt you. <laughs> right. But they're, they're at best, they're corporate whores. Mm -hmm. Right. And at worst, it's far more nefarious <clears throat> to that. And this is why um, Harry back to the wonderful Harry Hawes, taught me people before profit. He taught right. me that you must always make the right choice for your client. I don't like the word patient. Client, right. In spite of the money. Right? right. And he said it's a rare man, a man meaning mankind, but it's a rare man that can do that. And I would like to think after 33 years, certainly I've been recognized for integrity, that, that I have never, ever made a decision that was financially, uh, uh, um, it, it, where the finances were involved, it was, is this right for the mm -hmm. client? You know, or right. isn't it, as the case may be? Right. And, you know, I absolutely love the work that you do. I want you to tell me, if you will, a little bit about, because you had mentioned your wife, like yeah. what, what she was labeled as, and and how she's progressed through her journey. Yes. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me. It's 13 years ago since I met my beautiful, wonderful, inspiring wife, Natalie. And our, our love is is we just recognized we'd loved each other before. It was, it was a very instant thing. <clears throat> but I was in New Zealand and she was in Canada. And I'd actually taken on the banks previously uh, lawfully taken them on because I'd been made aware that mortgages was the biggest fraud in human history and that money actually isn't lent. It's, it's printed mm -hmm. out of thin air. And I thought that was so interesting. I'm going to challenge them and see if that's true by, you know, show me your accounts, which they never did. <clears throat> but mm -hmm. they stole my house in the end. Uh, and I, that's when I learned very, very uh, certainly that the legal system has no interest and in the enforcement has no interest in law or truth right. or even their own processes. It's just right. a big bully boy club. And when someone works it out, they, they bring out their bullies and, and take your mm -hmm. stuff and push you down. So I was actually homeless at the time. I was living in a garage uh, uh, with my boys and my ex-wife. Unfortunately, we couldn't sell the house in time, but my ex-wife at the time. And uh, when I came across Natalie, it was in a, a, a conference call that I was doing. Because after losing my house, I was just even more determined to, to do the work and reach the mothers and wives and daughters and children of police. Because it's the police that right. came and sort of evicted me from my house, even though 
the documents they brought weren't lawful. They weren't even signed by a judge, but they didn't care. Mm-hmm. They're just criminals in uniforms in this case. Right. I was even more determined, right? And I was on a conference call, and Natalie and two others that were with her heard me, and they thought I was rather interesting. And they asked if we could have a call. <clears throat> and uh, we had a call, and uh, the camera came on, and I saw Natalie, and it was just poof. You know, just and you just knew. Mm-hmm. Instant love. I, I thought I was having a midlife crisis, but um, <laughs> well, because what 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 are you supposed to think when you've lost? Well, I didn't lose everything; it was stolen from me. Mm-hmm. You're living in a garage, and you're in New Zealand, <clears throat> and this woman is in Canada. And I quickly learned that she'd had term or still diagnosed terminal cancer. And so I said, "Look, you know, very professionally at the time, although I was in big trouble, I knew." I asked her if I could have a consultation. And so she was still labeled terminal cancer. She'd had surgery, chemo, radiation. And, and she'll tell you that chemo is the only time she thought she was going to die. Up until right. that point, she didn't actually feel unwell, which is quite common. Mm-hmm. But she was still terminally ill, even though she'd done a lot of things, made a lot of changes. And by the way, Natalie will tell people cancer saved her life. Because the mm-hmm. whole point of dis-ease is you're off track. You're right. off your path. You're getting things wrong. Any right. disease, right? Mm-hmm. Any disease. Right, anything. And she did a lot of changes. And to be fair, I know more now than I did when I started working with her because we got together quite quickly and we just accepted that we were, we were um, always in love, so to speak. And the thing that I single, singly believe healed Natalie, other than love and laughter and all the good stuff, was we moved to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is Trinidadian. She's actually Canadian, but she's born in Trinidad. Um, and she has browner skin. She's Asian Indian origins, a, a very beautiful woman. And we moved to the uh, Caribbean, Trinidad and then Barbados. And I didn't know at that point the importance of sunlight, natural light. I knew it wasn't bad for you, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what I know now. Right. And she spent every day on the beach and in the sea, not whole day, but a large swathes of time in the sunlight and in the sea. And I'm convinced that was the main uh, cofactor to making mm-hmm. her well. And 13 years on, we've lived in six countries and had clinics together, and she's absolutely thriving and fabulous and <clears throat> well-known amongst my my membership community uh, and looked up to because she's she's walked the walk. Right. And got herself better, albeit with my help. Right. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And she's definitely like a living testimony to, you know, what kind of changes in your life that you can do. Yes. That will physically make you well again or make you whole the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, a lot of that is. You know, like you talked about the water earlier. I am literally like a gallon and a half a day kind of person every single day, all the time. You know, I I love to be outdoors. I love, you know, the sounds of nature, the grounding, you know, frequencies and, and stuff like that. It does wonders for me. And if I don't have that, I feel very uneasy i don't i don't feel normal well it's it's a really important thing i mean if natalie was here i think she'd say the most important thing that's healed her other than the sunlight 
is she's the most authentic version of, of Natalie yourself. ever. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's why it's, again, dis-ease. People um, fall or, or day by day, groundhog, fall into bad marriages, bad right. <clears throat> working relationships. The, you know, Natalie was in a, a, a relationship that she should never have got in, so she got out of that. Mm -hmm. He was corporate Canada. She was with IBM or the Canadian government, and she's an artist, truth be told. She was, so she had a very good job in front of a computer, but she's an artist, which is what she mostly does now, creativity. Mm -hmm. um, she also was in the church, and the church was full of hypocrites, as many people right. listening will know. Right. You know, and so she's got great faith, but she mm -hmm. needed to leave the church. So <clears throat> cancer gave her the opportunity to leave all that and start discovering who Natalie truly was. Right. She's the most authentic version. And that's mm -hmm. probably the main part of my work is to bring you back to being an authentic human being and an mm -hmm. authentic soul in this right. body, because most people are lying. And right. when you say that, they go, I'm not a liar, but just take the corporate world. You go mm -hmm. into work, you dress up, you go in there, you know, you, you know, John goes, hey, Janet, you know, have you got that report for me? And you go, yeah, yeah, no problem, John, I'll have it by Friday. But deep down, you're like, John, you bitch, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't got it done yet. And oh, shit, I've got I'm, I'm not going to get it. You know, and all these yep. other little lies and <laughs> sub lies are going on. But but this is not healthy. Right. Mm. It's really not healthy. Well, and that's, and that's why I call what, it the tell a lie vision. Right. You know, and nothing that's why the tell a lie vision is true. One of the <clears> things <throat> that that we talk about on my show a lot is, mm. you know, like going through a trauma or, you know, emotional upheaval or whatever, and then not dealing with that and storing that at a cellular level, which affects your, your energy because your body's runs on energy. It's a, you know, it's a powerhouse, it's like a battery right. system, oh. you know, and how even those negative emotions or, you know, negative feelings literally all the time affect your health and like draw down that power and, and weaken you it's just because you can't that, let go of it. It's even more profound than that. <clears throat> you are a soul uh, in a physical body, whatever physical really is. And that's why in the old days when someone died, <clears throat> they used to say they've passed because mm -hmm. they recognized something had left the physical and the, the body looks the same, but obviously you're not alive because the soul's left. Right. Um, but if we look at the physical body very simplistically, you're trillions and trillions of cells which are trillion, which are batteries, they're living batteries. They have a very, mm -hmm. or they're supposed to, most people right. don't, but they're supposed to have a very strong positive charge on the outside of the cell mm -hmm. and a very uh, strong negative charge on the inside of the cell. And people go, well, so what? Well, it's a big thing because when you have this positive charge, it attracts electrons, mm -hmm. which are negatively charged, and it forms like a cloud of energy attached to this cell, right? Mm -hmm. And people go, okay, well, that's interesting, but so what? It's a very big deal <laughs> because if your charge is low, which most people in the Western world is, mm -hmm. I ask them what their energy is out of 10. And I have 20-year-olds saying two out of 10. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm approaching 55 and it's 10 out of 10, right? I wake up in the morning almost laughing, Natalie and I, right? But if your charge drops like a cell phone and you've got very low energy, you can hardly hold any of these electrons to this cell. 
And right. if you can't hold electrons, you can't attract photons. And photons are units of light. Right. And so literally, you become darker. Mm -hmm. And I believe God, universe, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is light. Absolutely. You know, the light of the world. The sun is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And light, if you like, is the divine matrix or internet. Right. And so when you can't hold light, you start to behave dark. You think mm -hmm. dark. Right. You think dark thoughts. You can't see a bright future. And if you look at society and how far and how depraved it's fallen, mm -hmm. it is by design. They've lowered the voltage, and therefore you can't hold the light. And so to use such terms, <clears throat> darkness has been able to find its way in. When right. we work with people, whether it's one-to-one -one or <clears throat> on our membership uh, site at jeremyers.com, which is about 700 members at the moment, when we work with the members and their voltage starts to come up, they literally become brighter. Whatever mm -hmm. crap's going on in their life, they start to see a way forward, a right. light to light the way. And I know this sounds a bit woo-woo and maybe prophetic, it's not woo -woo. Mm -hmm. but it's true. Right. You know, I'm 33 years doing this, and, and that's why I'm so well-known and hopefully respected for what I do. It's life transform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I love that, and I love the, you know, spirituality aspect of people's health because that's one of the things that – I hear so much from people is everything always goes wrong in my life. I'm so sad all, my, all the time. I'm so depressed all the time and I don't know why. And that's yeah. when that spirituality discussion right. always enters and, you know, and it's hard for people to understand because they've been so indoctrinated in the church system for such a yes. long time or church and Everything business. will be going wrong. Mm -hmm. Because they're not able to hold light. So they right, have dark and not thoughts. receiving what they need to. Right, they have dark yeah. thoughts, and feelings follow thoughts, not mm -hmm. the other way around. Right. But what you think creates your feelings. And so your feelings amplify those harmonics out into the universe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what was in the beginning? It wasn't light. In the beginning, it was the word. The mm -hmm. word is harmonic. Tesla said, if you want to understand this universe and how it works, Think in terms of harmonics, frequency. Mm -hmm. right. So if you've got dark thoughts with which create dark feelings, your mm -hmm. harmonics are only going to put out dark or right. predominantly. So of course shit's gonna come back. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of what I've learned over 30 years and how easy and simple it is to start to change that. It's not mm -hmm. difficult at all. And then when you start to feel that voltage and that light and that life coming back into your body. I mean, think about it, Janet. You've probably seen people in the dying days of their life naturally. You can see that they're just clinging on to life, that the light is starting to go out of them, mm -hmm. that their energetic body is, is almost over and their soul is hardly contained in their body. This is the living dead that we have now predominantly in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you follow... The protocols that I teach and have learned by studying humanity as it should have been, nature as it should have been, and you apply those things, life and light comes back into them, and their life changes. We see it all the time, mm -hmm. and it's always positive. Right. It doesn't mean and there might not be some 
bumpy patches. I mean, if you're in the wrong marriage and you do a protocol with me, it's going to really show you you're in the wrong marriage or you've got to heal it. Mm-hmm. It's not kind of like we're not here to make healthier slaves. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the thing, though, is is moving people from that state of dis-ease and moving them into, you know, what they can do to make things better. Because humans as a whole are very lazy. And like you said earlier, instant gratification. And so it's like, I know I should eat these things, but it's so much easier to go through this drive through at fast food because I don't want to have to cook. I don't want well, to they, have they to. Have, they have the right to remain stupid. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, they have, uh, again, I'm going to cut them a bit of slack. They've been made lazy. Right. They've been, you see, in the French Revolution, uh, where they stormed the Bastille and, and cut off the heads of the quote-unquote elite, and what, what sparked that was when, um, I forget which queen it was, but she said, Let, can't they eat cake? As if mm-hmm. cake was everywhere. They learned a very, very big lesson from the French Revolution. And that was keep them fed. Do not let them get hungry. So just just flood the world with cheap carbohydrates, basically. Mm-hmm. Keep them busy, which is work on job means just over broke. Give them mm-hmm. a job and keep them entertained. Right. So you you've been made lazy. But mm-hmm. when you reach, this is why disease is such a beautiful opportunity, as it was for Natalie, because cancer was so big, so frightening that everything stops. And it still is an opportunity to go, what is not right in my life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're the only animal that doesn't know what to eat on the planet. <laughs> my husband and I talk about that all the time, that we are literally the only species that doesn't know how to adapt in situations like birds adapt they can find a place to you know to sleep or whatever when it's yeah. storming outside or you know frogs have a place to hide when the winter comes and and stuff and we're so dumb that we're like you know a day without air conditioning or something and we don't know what to do well again we we've, we've been made dumb but the, the beautiful thing that's happening is the access to the knowledge and, and the ancient knowledge. And we're not talking about throwing out good technology. Right. I mean, digital uh, currency or using your card to tap things is not a bad thing. It's very convenient. The problem is who's at the top controlling it and their right. agenda to take you into a controlled digital right. prison. Now, if you put benevolent human beings at the top of that, that technology is fantastic. Right. Right. So we're not talking about going back to the Stone Ages, but we most certainly are talking about whether you accept it or not at this moment in time when you hear this, you have to take responsibility for your life, Mm -hmm. your health, your finances, your relationships. And the doctor you're looking for is in the mirror. You just Mm -hmm. need some good old fashioned education. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I think there's so many people out there that know that they need something, but they don't know where to go right? Um, or don't know where to start because there's so much information out there. And you know, like something is, is like, it's never a one size fits all. Every person is different in, in what they're 
their needs are inside their body. Right. You know, and that's why I love these. Um, like you were talking about the different oils and stuff earlier and, you know, and they push like the vegan food and the, you know, uh, bug burgers and all of this kind of stuff. And it's like whatever fad they think they can make money off of pushing, that's what they're going to do while they're demonizing, you know, everything else. Like well, there's, there's good butter, butter used to be like a staple in every household. I mean, actual real butter, you know, from yes. a cow, not but that's margarine. why I brought up the, the, the dementia and Parkinson's and the deterioration of the brain, because, mm -hmm. you know, my grandparents butter and dripping and lard and, you know, and they didn't mm -hmm. have the problems that we have today when you cut them out. The, the good rule of thumb is uh, it's interesting because a lot of awake people to use such a term, have seen through many of the lies and deceptions they've mm -hmm. been down the rabbit holes and and what have you some very dark places and resurfaced a wiser man or woman but for some and they don't trust the governments you know by, by default which is healthy right uh, and it is healthy because the government if they were offer operating lawfully and benevolently you know they would want your distrust as jfk asked you should you should question us about everything but nonetheless uh, they've learned to distrust the government, but for some reason, they think the dietary advice that they're giving is correct. You know, right. and then the current push around the world is plant-based diet. And Professor mm -hmm. Tim Noakes, who is who is uh, I, um, you know, loftily held above my shoulders as such a genius, and who was crucified uh, a few years back for two years and survived it. <clears throat> When he dared to suggest a ketogenic diet, a true ketogenic diet would would reduce or eradicate diabetes, and he won. But he mm -hmm. has made the statement that if you force a plant based diet on humanity, it is an act of genocide. And I absolutely and I and I do know there'll be people listening that that triggers, right? Mm -hmm. I absolutely know. And this is what I'll say to those that have been triggered: if you are currently on a plant-based diet, particularly raw, vegan, or fruitarian, and you're truly thriving, good on you, keep going. I don't know how you're doing it, but good luck. In mm -hmm. my experience, three to five years is the maximum you can get away with it, and then right. your mental and physical body will fail. Starts I've to break had, down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you were very fat going into it, you can probably make five years. <clears throat> I have... The militant vegans come to me as clients and when i talk to them privately many of them were youtubers or or, or, or had channels or, or whatever right and i say to that they admit to me that when they had their channels and whatever it was they were lying to themselves their loved ones and their audience that they weren't doing well they'd say they were and they weren't and this is right. all we ask this is all mm -hmm. we ask janet be honest. If right. you're not thriving, if your gut isn't the best digestion it's been, and if your joints or your teeth are falling out or getting wobbly or your hair's falling out, you've stopped having periods, this is not detox. Right. This is malnutrition. Mm -hmm. And please be honest. And if you need to, reach out to us or reach out to our membership where mm -hmm. many came on as plant-based fruitarians or veganisms and now they most certainly aren't and they're thriving 
And it's not about right. we're right, you're wrong. It's about what is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing because everybody um, that I know that has gone through their vegan phase, you know, they were constantly getting a hold of me going, I don't feel good. My, my joints hurt. My stomach is hurting so bad. I've got the worst headaches ever. And I'm like, you're on a vegan <laughs> diet. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, I mean, it's great for a while until your body starts to break down because yeah. you're not getting the protein that you need. So yeah. I, I don't All know. Fat. <clears throat> All fat. So That's so a conversation do you, for another day, perhaps. Yes. Do you real quick? Um, what do you think about a lot of things that we experience being parasitic in nature in what respect you mean parasites in the body or are you referring to something more feral <clears throat> yeah like does like certain quote disease states yeah. and stuff being actually from from parasites and not yes from... i, I un is a great question i understand why people have latched on to the parasites and i caution you you know, all we teach is teaching you how to think and question, which is how my mentors mm -hmm. and the parasite um, causes disease is very um, easy to fall into. And many mm -hmm. of the great naturopaths or similar older Clark, that sort of thing, you know, um, Budwig, uh, Joanna Budwig, you may or may not know these, but they were big names in Europe, <clears throat> you know built their empires off of parasite cleanses mm -hmm. but we know better now and mm -hmm. it turns out that many of the parasites are actually consuming heavy metals and and chemicals particularly the pesticides uh, and fungicides that are prevalent and so if you destroy the parasites you you release those sort of toxins back into the body the worms mm -hmm. Commonly called helminths, or correctly called helminths, um, <clears throat> there's actually a therapy now called helminth therapy, where you reintroduce uh, four different types of intestinal worms. And this came about when a parasitologist, uh, whose name I can't remember, but he wrote a brilliant book called uh, Epidemic of Absence. <clears throat> when he when he was in uh, third world countries, he noted that they definitely had parasitical infections but they had almost no autoimmunes, whereas mm -hmm. the West has got almost no uh, parasitical in, in, uh, infections, but lots of autoimmunes. And it turns right. out that the worms secrete an anti-inflammatory, uh, I don't know if it's an enzyme cocktail mix, uh, so that they're not attacked in the body. But I went further with that research, and what I found was, was in marine uh, helminth research where they went out to see if the mercury in the sea which is definitely high was affecting the fish <clears throat> so they picked a shark they picked sharks and the sharks they pulled out had what would be defined as a parasitical intestinal infection of of worms helminths you know by any metric and yet the shark was abundantly healthy and mm -hmm. so they wondered why. And so what they did is they took the cells of the shark looking for mercury and they took the worms looking for mercury. And the worms had nearly 600 times more mercury in them. 
So it was very apparent that the worms, it wasn't an infestation, it was a symbiotic relationship. And they were taking on the mercury and then they would pass out and, and, and out it would go. Wood lice, I don't know what you call them. You call them roly polies in America, but those little things under rotting wood that curl up into a ball. What do you call them? We call them. <laughs> we have arguments all this time about yeah. that because when I was growing up, we called them baseball bugs. Okay. Or roly polies. Right. But the Americans listening, well, roly polies is, is a wood lice, right? But they mm -hmm. are well documented that they're consuming mercury heavy metals and converting them into something stable back to so everything in nature has a purpose mm -hmm. so it turns out that, that a lot of these parasites are actually having a symbiotic relationship with you and so the the, the key the key is clean up the environment and when mm -hmm. you clean up the environment they can't exist there, and they go away naturally now mm -hmm. i'm not saying that in some cases parasitical intervention may be a good thing but i haven't had to use it in 10 years now you know in fact i've done the opposite every year i have a few clients that don't respond in in the way i want with the protocols i put have helminth therapy where they introduce intestinal worms it's just a little like an elastoplast that you put on you don't even feel anything on your skin and it gets a little bit itchy and it goes in the skin works its way up through the blood and into the intestine into different positions depending on which worm and it's miraculous you know when when we need that but it's very few cases well uh, the, the reason why i wanted to ask that question is because there is such a push nowadays especially in medical circles here yeah. for everybody to do <clears throat> parasitic cleanses liver detoxification, literally all these things. And I'm like, but you kind of have to have somewhat of a balance before you start doing those so you don't throw <laughs> yourself into a bigger upheaval. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I also believe this ivermectin and bembendazole, if I pronounce that correctly, is stealth pharmaceutical advertising. Right. Pretty much everyone's Absolutely. heard about it. You know, right. and yet I haven't personally come across anyone that has gotten better taking them i've had clients that took them and didn't get better and so i'm mm -hmm. not saying it doesn't uh help people i haven't seen it and i don't know i've seen the videos mm -hmm. very convincing they are but i've also seen videos of people standing on the moon and robots on mars uh, <laughs> right. very, con very convincing also so uh, i've yet to see or hear and nor has graham maxon or anyone i follow someone they actually know and yet it seems and these are the red flags everyone knows at least in the awake community that ivermectin mm -hmm. and fembendazole is the cure-all for, for for the big c or or, mm -hmm. or other similar things i've not mm -hmm. seen. yeah and that's that's what i find funny and i'm glad that you brought that up because that seems to be like a big push on a lot of high level podcast you know, yeah. in the industry is pushing these, but aren't you supposed to be awake and questioning and what could you do outside of pharma? But you're still pushing well, drugs. You know what? You know, our sales uh, calling. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting because 
there is probably, well, we know there definitely is. There are disinformers, so those that know right. what they're doing. Right. And they use the sandwich technique, which you're probably aware of, and they take a slice of truth and they put a load of nonsense or lies in the middle and then another slice of truth. So to people who are quite well educated, it's very palatable. Mm-hmm. And then there's the useless idiots, which is harsh, I know, that, are, that, are, that think they know what they're doing and have come a long way. And, and, they, and they really their intentions are honorable, but mm-hmm. they're way off the mark. Right. Right. And then there's just a the downright evil. <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> so tell the listeners, my dear, where they can find you at so that, you know, they can come to you for health advice. They can sign up for your 90 day course and all of yes. that good business. Yes. Well, we're growing and growing and growing. And when I started the membership, I, I got to be honest with you which was just over nearly two years ago now, <clears throat> I thought I was going to open up a mental asylum because usually I work one-to-one. And as you'll appreciate, it's levels of dis-ease and trauma gets released. And, you know, you mm-hmm. need to be one-to-one. So I thought if I did a membership site, I'm just going to unleash a whole load of, you know, trauma and it's going to be a mental asylum and, and you know, my name will be slurred <laughs> across the internet. Uh, the complete opposite <laughs> has happened. You know, we formed... The word community is used as a marketing term. We've got a real community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them have been there two years now, and they're helping all the newbies that Mm -hmm. come in, you know, people that are starting from no knowledge to some perceived knowledge. So it's turned into this amazing community. Now, I I mean, if you need specific help, you should have a Zoom consultation one-to-one with me, and that's on my website, jeremyairs.com. The membership site, the 90-day challenge, is where we want uh, people who can't afford me or want to just test the water first. Mm-hmm. And the reason I picked 90 days is because most people, like 90%, will have quite a dramatic change mm-hmm. in 90 days. And 90 days is minimum I give for any client. <clears throat> and they know things are changing. If you're very unwell, uh, and I mean seriously unwell, you've got to think three months, one year. If, right. if you're not <clears throat> chronic or, you know, you can do miracles in, in weeks sometimes. Right. But if you're coming with rheumatoid arthritis or chronic arthritis or any autoimmune labeled disease or whatever, psoriasis, I mean, psoriasis, we clear up normally in months, right? Two, three months, eczema, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But three months, one year, and a year goes like that. So the three months is important because it's a subtraction method where we start taking things away. You start to feel your body, get a relationship with your body, and then we put things back in and your body goes through these cleanse heal cycles. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, this ease begins and heals at the trauma <clears throat> level. And this generation, the last hundred years, the level of trauma, mostly from childhood where it began, is is right. off the scale. Right. So that's where the community uh, has become brilliant. Uh, I work with a brilliant chap called Graham Norbury. We call him Norbs. Um, and he studied Dr. Jack Cruz's work. And he's, he's absolutely brilliant explaining highly complex things really simply. That's why I work with him. We mm-hmm. do vlogs, um, legendary vlogs. We go walking in the Lake District, which is a beautiful part of England. And we talk about, you know, aspects of the protocol or disease or whatever it is. And they've become known as epic vlogs 
-hmm. and then once a week at two different time zones alternating each week we do a live 90 minute q a and they they're all recorded uh, but they've turned into pure magic you know we never know what's going to be asked but they've turned into profound healing sessions caught on camera and Mm -hmm. and that so anyone joining the 90 day which is 77 dollars, which is super cheap i think right they get all this material and the community uh which is a forum uh, and they can actually the, the community we've set up you can actually jump on and have video calls with other members in what we call the virtual coffee lounge but we've tried to cover every possible aspect where we have a human relationship with you as a member and you have a human relationship with the other members and it's just working beautifully. Right. And that's that's important, I think, in, in any health journey because there's so many people nowadays that feel very alone and like they don't have anyone to talk to and no right. one else has ever been through, you know, their their health journey or whatever. Right. That's why I'm very glad that I'm on the path that I'm on now because especially with doing the show, we do a lot of therapy type stuff happens just happens organically and naturally but it's something that you know people need to get out or need to talk about need to confront whatever or you know health journeys and things they've been in oh yeah or traumatic experience ptsd we do a lot of that stuff so you know well, i'm gonna if you i hope you'll accept it but I'll, I'll send you you a complimentary 90-day membership so at oh, least you can go in and see that I'm telling the truth mm -hmm. uh, and you can see the vlogs and you can see the community and you can see the unparalleled level of healing that, that we've experienced. I want you to see it so you know I, I'm the real deal because I could be lying. I could be a very skilled manipulator, but I'm not. Uh, but I I'm want you to I, see it. I have pretty good bullshit meter so i'm pretty sure that you're telling the truth <laughs> well i am you knew that from the get-go though so there you go well my dear it was an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on i'm i'm so thankful to have the opportunity to have a conversation with you and you know i think it was a beautiful conversation i'm so very appreciative for your time so thank you thank so you, much. Thank, thank you for everything you do and give to humanity. I'm sure you're very <laughs> thank much you. appreciated. Thank you. I'm, I am, uh, I'm very thankful to God for the opportunity that he put in my path because I was definitely not on the wrong one being in the medical complex. I'm much well, more Well, you know, we're, we're all, <laughs> we're, we all should be working for the man upstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely am working for him because, you know, if he if he tells me to help whoever or do something, I am more than happy to do so because the miracles that it has moved in my life is, is amazing. So I'm very thankful for Absolutely. that. So, well, for me and for Jeremy. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head over to his website, jeremyairs.com. Make sure you sign up for that 90-day program. Get the resources. Get the help that you need. And we appreciate it very much. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.